Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I do declare, here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Dreamers. With Yemic resurrected, the team at Longreach discuss the looming vampire threat. Theories are made, illnesses are noted, and garments are crafted before Gary gives Calvin a quick magic lesson and heads off to LRU for a magic lesson of his own. After a disappointing show in class, he heads over to the library to buckle down and try again. As the Mogbows and Longreach attempt to ready up for the coming threat. I do declare, Yorana is back in session. Okay, you head back to the palace. What are you doing? Find Silvio first. Silvio, I got so wrapped up in it. I got it. I got the tower, but I got so oh, wrapped up in it. Congratulations. Uh, did, did, yeah, thanks. Did uh, did you end up getting uh, people to draw the descriptions of Fred and Ed? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I I went this morning. They, they created really nice ones. And he pulls out these little scrolls. Illustrated on the page are this man with a long pointy nose, little round spectacles uh, on the tip, these large red eyes, pointed ears, a little bit of a goatee. His head is wrapped in like a little cloth head wrap that is tied in a neat knot at the back. And then the other face that you see next to it is a much broader, stouter, thicker face. You see a fat, ugly nose, no lips, just a thin, hard-pressed line, these like perfectly round ears, big head with an eye patch coming down, and then these thick braid down the back, uh, and a really muscular neck. Um, so is the big guy Ed? Uh, yeah, that that is Ed, and this uh, the thinner fellow is Fred. Okay. Um, you mind if I take these to Jorgen? Oh, certainly. Here you go. Okay. Good work today. Awesome. Thanks again for your help. Hey, and congratulations on the tower. Sorry to leave you. I, oh, I've, I've been feeling a little fatigued today. It's all right. I'm going to go find Jorgen. You walk up to Jorgen and he goes, good evening, lad. How are you doing? Here it is. Fred and here's Ed. Uh, all right. Well, 
I suppose if we see anyone that looks like that at the monastery, they should be our targets, no? Put these two papers on a bulletin board so everybody knows. I'll, I'll be sure to get copies made and put up. Okay, any updates I should know about? No, uh, everything's looking good. Uh, oh, well, not quite yet, but I believe at some point tonight, the tunnel should be finished. At night? Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, it'll be done by tomorrow. And uh, I believe Barnabas is pretty close to wrapping up the uh, the cloaks as well. Okay. You still got that um rubber paper and pen I gave you? I do. Good, good. All right. I'm going to be going out tonight. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. On patrol or? Uh, I do a little more studying at the college, you know, in the library. Okay. Can't hurt. Just make sure you get rested. Right. Time's almost here. Yeah, I'll be checking that paper. You let me know if the sum's up or tunnel's finished or any emergency, you know. Will do, will do. Okay, when the tunnel and cloaks are done and it's daylight, we'll, we'll be heading out. Great. You have, you know what he's going for. We're going to do the two-cloak system. Aye, lad. Whew, guess uh, day's almost here. Yeah, how are you feeling? Nervous. Worried for my son. I'm anxious to go, but in my old age, this injury's really uh, taking a toll on me. Should have cherished my youth while I had it. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. See you around. I'll give you an update tomorrow morning, and we'll see how everything's going. Or as soon as you need to with the paper. You got it. Okay. I'm going to go to my sleeping quarters. You go and uh, you see Grisabeth finishing washing up, getting ready for bed. She says, oh, Ray, you were out especially late tonight. Yeah. Doing a um, lot of studying. Yeah, I'm actually going to go back. I get a study group that uh, they need me. I just wanted to wash up and uh, check on Ray, everybody. You're not, you're not falling in love with some schoolgirl out there, are you? <laughs> When who the hell is gonna fall in love with this? Excuse me? I mean, except That's you. my man you're talking about, you dimbus. And she slaps you in the back of the head. <laughs> oh, I am a one goblin girl gal guy. <laughs> I'm a one goblin gal goblin guy. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, okay, well, um, as long as, as long as you're staying safe, I know, I know with the vampire. I mean, I know you can handle yourself, but the vampire thing at night has me a little worried. Yeah. So, I'll be home a little late tonight. Okay. Uh, I'll stay up. I'll wait for you. Well, you don't gotta wait up for me. I don't want you. Oh, you know, Jeremiah's been running around with Silas and Solera, and they got tucked out a little early. They went down for a nap, so I have no doubt they'll be awake in an hour or two asking me to play Go Fish or something, so. All right, well, you don't have to stay up, but uh, if you want to. Okay, just behave yourself, Mr. Mr. Glabamy. Yeah, you too. Mm-hmm. He smirks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary will go put on his coat of elemental protection. Cool. Yeah, you you pop on your little bubble jacket cloak. And uh, yeah, he'll go head out to back to LRU. Okay, you head out to LRU and you head to the party. You find the frat mansion. It is this like three-story wide house. It is very white with accents of gold at the entrance. Wait, one. The front of the house is already trashed. There are fucking cups everywhere. There are people passed out on the grass. There are these two statues with wolves howling in front of them. And then you see in front of it, it says Sigma Pi Alpha. And you hear fucking howling everywhere. And you go, oh, 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 oh. 
the sounds of probably at least one fight somewhere in one of the hedges. People fucking screaming. There is a band of bards just fucking like blasting party music. And you recognize some of the, the bards from the little circle that you interrupted the other day playing live music as there are mages doing like rave fingers, but they're blasting out dancing lights from it. So there's this huge party atmosphere and you enter the house, you are overwhelmed with just fucking the amount of essentially children here uh, off their fucking gourd. There are tables full of punch and drinks. There are hors d'oeuvres, some on trays, some spilled on the floor. You see like a werewolf and a fucking gibbering mouther like making out on the couch. And you hear, hey, Ray made it. What's up, buddy? And Duke runs up to you and licks your cheek. Oh, 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 Duke. Man, man, he like hugs you and like puts his forehead against yours. He goes, I love you, man. I love, I love you, man. You're, you're the shit, bro. You're, bro. I'm so glad you came here tonight. You're, you're so, yeah, man. Yeah. What's yeah. up? Thanks. Yeah. Um, good to see you too. So what, what's up, man? What are you, what, what, what are you up to? Um, you said there was a party. I came to check yeah, it dude, out. Yeah, dude. Yeah, get get a drink. Get a drink. Hold up here. I got you. And he just like he grabs a cup and just like dips it into the punch bowl to fill it up. Okay. Cause here you go. He like puts it against your chest, but he's like clearly already drunk and like some of it sloshes onto your cloak. Mm. Uh, but because it's a cloak of elemental resistance, it just kind of comes like wakes <laughs> off like never wet. Thanks. And he goes, I like your outfit, bruh. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Hey, I was just at a, I was about to play some uh, some tequila pong. You want to join us? Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he brings you in. He goes, hey, everybody, this is Ray. And everyone goes, Ray. 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 He goes, he's my, uh, he's going to be my tequila pong partner. And you see there is already another team on the other side of the table. He goes, all right, you ever played before, Ray? Uh, no, I don't think I have. All right, so you're going to take these little balls. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna bat some on the table, and you're gonna try and uh, get it into those cups over there. And the first person to eliminate all the cups uh, wins. Oh, okay, sounds easy enough. All right. Oh, also, if they if they if they if they, uh, if they put a ball in our cup, we gotta we gotta drink it. Okay, magic allowed. Uh, I don't see why not. Okay. Oh, drunk casting is a little uh, inadvisable sometimes. <laughs> But hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and and uh, he like whispers in your ear. He says, But look, you're fresh, bro. You haven't drunk anything yet. So, like, you can totally help me wipe the floor with these guys. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Ray's going to throw for me. Here you go, Ray. Okay. And uh, Ray, go ahead and tell me how you want to do this. You can just throw it straight. Or if you want to do something funky to give you an advantage, you totally can. Yeah, let me see if I do this. And he's going to pretend like he's lining up the shot. Other hand behind his back casts Unseen Servant near the cups. (laughs) (laughs) Uh He's going to like throw it and have the Unseen Bitch Thomas like catch it and dunk it in a cup. (laughs) Okay, roll a dexterity check with advantage for me. 21. So you cast Unseen Servant. You see someone on the other team actually bumps into the servant and goes, ow. And then as you throw the ball, it, you like so overshoot it. Like it is going way the wrong way. And you just see it stop in midair and float straight down into one of the, the cups. And they go, 
Whoa! And then it goes, okay. And as he goes to grab the cup to take the shot, you see the, or I guess you don't see, but you see the ball because the unseen servant grabs the ball and bounces it into the other uh, tequila shot <laughs> and then into another one after that. And they go, oh my God, a triple! <laughs> and everyone just kind of loses their shit at that as they take three shots of tequila. Then they are going to try and bounce at you. However, they have disadvantage because everyone at this party is drunk. But turns out the tequila helps their pong skills as they get a 16 and they sink it into one of your shot glasses. And they go, all right, Ray, drink up, bruh. All right, here I go. I'll grab the cup and drink it. You drink it, it is strong tequila. You don't know where they're getting this gold, but they're buying the good stuff. Uh, you take a minus one to dexterity moving forward. Already? Skills. You can't yeah. handle shit. Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. <clears throat> Damn, this works fast. Yeah, but don't worry. We're like four games in, so you still have like super advantage on these guys. Okay. You want to throw again, Ray? Yeah, sure. Okay, what are you doing this time? Uh, well, the servant lasts for an hour, so... Yeah, give me another dexterity check with advantage, however, uh, minus one. Right. Uh, so that's a 19. You throw about as good as last time, you dial in the aim, the unseen servant grabs it, plops it down into one cup, they go, oh my god! And then, uh, one of them, like, leans over and goes, huh, 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 and while he's not looking, the unseen servant picks it up and then bounces it again into another cup, and they go, oh! This guy's fucking magic, bro! And uh, they take two more shots, and you see them like fucking like swaying around. Like, oh. Oh. My turn. Uh, they get a four, and so it just bounces and flies off the table. And you see Duke like leaps for it like a dog chasing a tennis ball, uh, and like grabs it in his mouth, but just fucking like bumps into a person, knocks over a coffee table, just like, oh, oh, oh sorry, man. All right, here you go, Ray. You're my lucky charm, bro. Oh, all right. I'm on a roll, baby. Here we go. That's a three. Oof. Okay, it flies off the table and they go, ah, you suck, bro. <laughs> Watch this. Ooh, damn, he rolled a nat 20, but with disadvantage, it gets brought down. However, they do manage to sink one ball, and they go, drink up, bitch! All right, your turn, Duke. No, man, I had a bunch already. Here you go. No, 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 I, I, I threw three. It's your, it's... Yeah, you, you come to get lit or what? Well... I, I'm going to win this thing for us. I kind of need my All energy. right, fine. But that means I get to throw next. Okay. Okay. He downs the shot. I'm going to command that servant to catch. Yeah, he rolls a nat one. So it goes <gasps> so far that you actually see bitch Thomas, like, bumps into people trying to catch it in the crowd. But, like, it's just too out of reach. <laughs> and people are like, ah, what the fuck, bro? Ah. And you see, like, two meatheads uh, get bumped into it. And they turn around and go, bro, bro, bro. And they start uh, wrestling on the ground. Then they're gonna go, ah, you guys are getting worse, man. You suck, Duke. I got a net 20, and then I rolled uh, less than that, but I still got it in, so. He goes, okay, right, whoever drinks this shot gets to throw next. So do you wanna drink it or do I drink it? Um, you drink it. Okay, here goes nothing. <coughs> 
Catch it, servant, catch it. Fucking hell, another nat one. <laughs> he fucking like, the ball, he goes to throw it, but he lets go too early and it like falls on his shoulder. <laughs> All right, I'll throw the next one. The other team rolls fucking ass. They get a three minus four. So <laughs> he pelts it at the back of his teammate's head. He goes, ah, bro. Yeah, give me this. Give me the ball. He gives it to you. I'm going to throw it. Are you going to tell me I'm a good boy? <laughs> 15 with an advantage. Okay, with that, you see Bitch Thomas has grown anxious, seeing how fucking drunk everyone else is, grabs the ping pong ball and bounces it into the four remaining shot glasses. <laughs> and they go, <laughs> And uh, they down the shots, and one of them immediately runs off to, like, puke in a potted plant. <laughs> Good shit, right? You want to keep playing or you want to go do something else? Um, there's something else to do. Well, uh, I did uh, prepare a, little, a special little something, uh, if, if you're interested. Okay, what is it? Well, let's just say it's, uh, it's a pretty rare substance. Uh, I had it shipped in from, uh, Pacific Prefecture. <laughs> it's, uh... Really helps take your, take the party to the next level, if you know what I'm saying. Oh. Uh, no, I, I, I can't, Duke. I'm sorry. I, I'm good. Oh, come on, man. I, I, okay, I, I mean, I don't want to pressure you, bro. I don't want to pressure you. Yeah, I got an early morning, you know, so. I mean, you should be fine by morning. I mean, you might wake up somewhere weird, but. Um, I'm okay, thanks. All right, all right. Well, I, I want to go do it. So, okay, you go ahead. You you cool if I leave you? Yeah, yeah. Mm, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, go go say hi to people. There's a bunch of cool people here. Okay. Have fun. Yeah, oh, I definitely will. And you see, he walks down some stairs into like a basement. Uh, Gary's gonna check his paper for any. You don't see anything. No. Puts it back. Takes a look around. Yeah. Uh, you begin looking around and you see all sorts of shit going on in the party. However, uh, you then hear one thing that draws your attention as you hear, Who wants to get their blood sucked? <laughs> you hear a, <laughs> Everyone is just like cheering. And you see this like elf fucking like bump into the music in this tight little like leather corset and pants. And he is this skinny man with a long, skinny nose. He has these little colored purple glasses perched on <gasps> them. And this uh, this fancy, like, do-rag under. He's wearing, like, a fancy, like, party pirate hat with a feather. <gasps> and he goes, step up, bitches! And grabs one of the kids uh, who's there. And they go, ah, And he bites into their neck. No! <laughs> Did I try and stop that? How do you want to stop it? How far is he? Movement distance. He's within 40 feet. It's, we'll call it difficult terrain because it's so crowded. So he's he's about Ooh. 20 feet away. Okay. I move at 40 feet. I just, I'll tackle him. Oh shit. Okay. Roll a strength contest, I guess. It's a critical fail. Well, he got a critical success. <laughs> wow. You run screaming, no! And uh, you are going to take five points of bludgeoning damage as he like sidesteps out of the way and you run like face first into a countertop, just bah, smack in your face. And he goes, get a load of that party pooper. Everyone has to wait in line, bitch. And he digs into the neck of the student and begins sucking the blood. And you hear everyone going, ooh, 
Suck that blood! Suck that blood! Suck that blood! Gary's gonna like hobble away into the crowd, like holding his face. Yeah. Then he's gonna pull out the rubber pen and paper and uh, write down Fred is at the frat house at LRU. He's tricking kids into sucking their blood. Tell Silvio. You write that as you see he basically sucks one student dry, doesn't kill them, but they got up going, oh my god, it feels so lightheaded. Oh my god, that cool. <laughs> and then she uh, she chases it with a shot of some sort of alcohol. And she says, she goes, oh my god, that goes through you so much faster when you don't have enough blood. <laughs> it takes like a minute or two. So like he is digging now into, he goes, next in line, bitches. And he bites into another student. When you uh, finally get a response that says, what do you want to do? Oh my god. And then can you take him out? I think I can need some backup need Silvio's blood for students to drink. Uh, roll a nature check for me. 15. You write this as he's drinking the second. However, as you think about it, you see he's not killing the students. He is drinking their blood. But based on what you've learned about vampires from Silvio, you know that this will not turn them into vampires. Oh, okay. You know that in order to turn someone into a vampire, he would have to basically drink them dry which he does not appear to be doing, which does strike you as odd. Yeah, okay. He'll still leave it there. Okay. Then you see a message that says, who do you need? (laughs) Jay is coming, so is Silvio. Get my wife, tell her to bring the crossbow and the wooden stake. On our way, as you see Fred has begun drinking from now the third student. Okay. Are we outside? You are in the frat house right now. He's like doing this in the kitchen. All right, I'm gonna cast bonfire in like the stove. Uh, with what goal? I'm trying to get people to flee the house to run outside, believing there's a fire. Okay, roll a persuasion check with advantage. 10. Okay, you see you start the fire and the people in the kitchen immediately go, oh shit, oh fuck, oh God. Uh, Get out, get out, get out. Come on, come on, come on. And they start leaving, but probably about half the people and most of the people in other areas of the house don't move. Mm, yes, give me all your blood, you slutty sons of horses. He's probably on his fifth student by now. Is there a door in the kitchen area? There is. Okay, Gary's going to open the door, hold it open with his foot, look outside, look at Fred, cast Vortex Warp, on Fred. Oh shit, okay. And send him 40 feet outside away from the party. Let's see how he does. Does a seven <laughs> do it? No. Okay, you cast uh, the vortex and you see him go <laughs> and just like spit outside. He goes, ah, what the fuck? And everyone goes, boo! The fuck is your problem, man? Fuck! I wanted to get my blood sucked. I'm gonna run up to him. He said he has sunglasses on. He has little colored glasses on. He looks at you, he goes, what the fuck is your problem, man? Hmm? You wanna get your blood sucked? You just gotta wait in line, bro. I'm going to grapple him. Go ahead and roll that strength contest for me. I'm gonna rage too. 
Okay. Uh, as you do that, uh, please roll 2d8. Fuck, I keep forgetting it does. Okay, strength contest. I get 10. So does he. So you successfully tackle him to the ground. <laughs> ah! Five damage for the 2d8. Okay, and you see you rage and this burst of flame comes out of you. And he takes five damage going, what the fuck is your problem, man? And uh, then that burst of flame actually hits some of the students outside. And they're going, ah, fucking psychopath, what? And then you just hear, oh, fight, 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 However, it is then Fred's turn and Fred is going to turn into a cloud of mist. And so you just kind of end up like hugging yourself and falling onto the ground. And the mist flies up to uh, the balcony of the second floor and he turns back into his vampire self and he says, this asshole has no chill whatsoever. So nobody else is getting their blood sucked tonight. Fred, out. He snaps his fingers and you get the feeling he is about to turn into a cloud of mist, but it is your turn. So you may take an action. How far is he? 15 feet up above you on the balcony. Gonna misty step to him. Sweet. That's a bonus action. Okay. You appear behind him right as he's snapping his finger. <laughs> now. <laughs> well, as Gary misty steps behind him, Gary's gonna grab on the do-rag, pull his head back, <laughs> and shove the potion into his mouth. Oh! <laughs> Roll a dexterity contest, I guess. 13. He got a 12. Yes. So you jam the potion <laughs> bottle into his mouth and he goes <laughs> and he spits it out, transforms into a bat on his turn and you see him begin to fly away. However, you then see the bat begin to fall out of the sky as one of the wings enlarges suddenly and he goes <laughs> and he begins crawling on the ground. He like starts transforming back into vampire form, but he now has one giant leathery wing. He begins walking. He goes, oh, what the fuck is this? And then you see one eye begin to slowly enlarge <laughs> and like creep out of his skull like a fucking slug. He goes, oh, and everyone at the party goes, oh, gross. and then you see the eye grows so much it pops and just and just begins gushing out. Roll a, just roll a flat D20 for me. Six. This is gonna happen. Uh, he's gonna start going, he tries to transform again, and you see his left leg start shrinking. You see uh, something in the crotch of his tight leather pants starts like bulging and growing until you presume it pops. And he goes, as his tongue begins to grow out of his mouth. Uh, and he just like starts to contort into this like ugly pile of flesh. And you see, you see him let out just like a gargled scream as a fountain of blood splurges out of his mouth. And there's just a dead twitching body on the grass. As then you see the body dissolve into a vapor of mist and begin to go away. And everyone looks at you like, Get that fucking psychopath! He just fucking killed someone! <laughs> and people uh, begin trying to get to you. At this point, you hear a commotion near the front lawn of the house. Has anyone seen a small goblin? <laughs> or, 
a, a big goat. He's relatively large for a goblin now. <laughs> yeah, has anyone seen him? Hello? Okay, so I yell, Yagen! Get out of here! Okay! Get them out of here! Okay, lad! And at that point, you hear very in the distance, but you can hear it pretty clear. You hear a... Lad! That's the alarm! Get back to the palace! Okay! He starts running uh, with Grizabeth and Silvio. We're halfway there. Look at that. Look, 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 look at that. Look at that. It's the same tree. This, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. Come on, Scruffles. We got to move. What's happening? You know how last time I sent a message to all the patrons asking if they were okay? Well, yeah. It's only been a few seconds in halftime time. Look. What the? The messages aren't going out. But we had reception just a moment ago. Something's not right. Have you tried messaging them through Patreon at patreon.com slash Yes. What about the patron-only Discord? Look, those aren't going through either. So, what do we do? I don't know, but we gotta move. Put some bonus content on the radio. Seriously? What? Nikki, now is not the time. Well, we gotta drive anyway, and I'm not driving in silence when we have a perfectly good episode of Beyond D&D, available only to Dungeons & Dreamers patrons, available for our listening pleasure. Okay, fine. The four of you go to sleep. Geraldo... You have wild dreams. And Ralph, you have some really vivid ones, too. At one point in your dream, you find yourself in a talent show and you feel compelled to recite improvised poetry. Oh, God. And to the rest of you, as you're going to sleep, you just kind of hear Ralph talking in his sleep. Um, Shall I compare the um, to a summer vacation um, beaches and ponds and ducks and geese better scurry when I head out for the Surrey with the fringe on top in the good old town of um, France where the birds are chirping with the seeds. Feed the birds. Feed the birds. Feed the birds. Incredible. Andrea, with one eye open, you kind of hear some mumbling of what seems to be like nonsensical poetry from Ralph before he starts snoring. And Geraldo, as soon as he hits the bed, is just out. <laughs> if you ever want to see your beloved patrons again, come to the one place Nicky Beats, for he would never come again. No, no, not the patrons! My beloved, Queso Loco, Jerry Bonatados, Victoria Madrid, Greta Bonnier, Alex Keeps My Ass, Ace Andrews, Regina Russell, Salty, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Road, John Gillette, NB Star, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Denny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Callie Wolf, Brandon and Bishop, Bridge, Twiglets, Joanna Westberger, Stan Sidsman, Scrambles, The Death Dealer, Aaron Adams, Nathan Mesner, Ruth Anatos, Morgan Lawson, Stoner Panda, Melissa Rain, 
sensational. But to plenty, the lone trumpeter normally me, Dane Kolhoff, Loon, Luna, the state of Alaska, Faust, the heavenly demonic monster, Mosh Coffee, official anarchy, and David Carlton. <laughs> oh, and I have the newest patron, too. If you ever want to meet your beloved uh, Sir Braxton Wendell, the third, then you know what to do. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, you all run to the palace. As you get there, you see Evenix soul like blowing on the... He has like a little mouthpiece that then goes out into this giant like war horn. And you see Yorick and Yasuka at the bottom going, Oh, oh, Mr. Yagen, Mr. Yagen, they're here, they're here. Who's here, lads? At the underhand hold, uh, a swarm of bats, they're here. They flew in over the, over the fences. All right, let's go. And he races with you toward the underhand hold. As you do, you enter the mines and you see bodies lying around. You see two dead vampires with stakes through the heart. And then you see two miners with pickaxes swiping at this swarm of bats flying around them. Just going, stay back, stay back. Roll for initiative. 24. Gary, you're up first. Grisabeth goes, what? Gary, what's going on? Take those things out. They've seen the tunnel. How many bats are there? You see probably about six bats all flying together as a swarm. Okay, Gary's going to target one bat and attack it with the war pick. Okay, go ahead and roll that. It was a 19 hit. A 19 does hit. That will be 14 damage. So you bring the war pick up, you charge it, and you actually manage to splat four of the bats on the ground in one fell swoop. You see them try to transform into their vampire shape, but because they're crushed under the hammer, they just transform into like squished bodies. Just and Gore goes flying everywhere. Angelina goes, oh, God. (laughs) Then the two remaining bats transform into their vampire spawn states, hissing at you going, and they are going to lunge at you, Gary. First one is going to come at you with claws wide open. That definitely does not hit. And that is a natural failure as she accidentally scratches her friend. (laughs) Then the other one is going to come lunging at you with claws. Does a 16 hit you? No. Okay, she misses. God damn it, and rolls even worse. They are distraught and taken aback as they are just missing left and right. It is then Silvio's turn. Silvio misses his first swipe and then misses his second swipe. So you just see these vampires swiping at the air. It looks like a little slap fight going, going at each other. Then it is Jargon's turn. Jargon brings out the chain whip, lights it enters a rage and is going to make three whip attacks with it back to back to back 
all of them hit as he does 39 points of damage to the one that got slashed by her friend. He goes, you see the whip lash across the scratch she had from her friend. Whips again, and then one, uh, as she screams, she goes, he whips and the chain wraps around her tongue and yanks on it. She is looking already very, very, very worse for wear. As it is then Grizabeth's turn, she is gonna load up that crossbow, take aim. Hey, she lands a hit. She does <laughs> six points of damage as she fires a stake straight into the injured one's shoulder. It is then the miners' turn who are gonna swing their pickaxes. Swinging their pickaxes to no avail as the uninjured vampire ducks and weaves out of their way, bringing us back to you, Gary. I'm gonna yell at everybody, get back! Uh, everyone moves. <laughs> and I'm gonna come into rage. Range and rage. Roll that 2d8. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Nine. Nice, okay, so they each take nine points of damage as the injured one is now looking very bad as she gets blown back. Uh, her skin has become ashy and charred as uh, she has taken fire first from Yargan's whip and then from your rage. The other one takes her first instance of damage. She kind of tries to move out of the way, but gets blown backwards a little bit. And, uh, I'm going to attack the one that is dying. Okay. Does a 15 hit? It does. It hits exactly. That'll be eight damage. You smack her across the face and she takes the damage. But again, just like with the previous one you fought, you can tell that this weapon is not doing as much damage as it might to like an ordinary creature. Then one more swing. 21 should hit. 21 does hit. 11 damage. Wow. Okay, that is a beefy, beefy boy. You get the feeling that if they weren't somehow resistant as you smack her upside the chin, perhaps those two attacks could have done them. But she still seems to just barely be hanging on as she is not looking too great. But it is then both of the vampires' turns as they... You see some of those wounds begin to close, just like you did with the one uh, out in the forest. And they begin to look uh, much better for wear, i.e. the one that only took damage from your blast seems to be in perfect condition. The one you have hit seems to be returned to perhaps a little better than right before your turn. Damn. Yeah. However, it is then Silvio's turn, and Silvio is going to attempt to use a new spell. Oof. Oh my god. So both of them failed the saving throw. As you see, Silvio brings his fingers together and then spreads his hands open in a palm, and you see this cone of flames shoot out from his hand as he casts burning hands upon them. One of them gets a critical failure, so she is going to take double damage. So the previously uninjured one takes nine points of damage as she burns. <laughs> However, the other one takes 18 points of damage as she begins to writhe around on the floor. <laughs> and she is looking like she is on death's door. Just a few hits away. Jorgen sees this, sees her rolling around and is gonna try and finish her off with that whip. He wraps the chain around her neck as she is riding, holds her in place. She begins trying to back away, puts her hand to the whip to try and undo it. And as he yanks, the flames ignite around the chain whip and actually burn through her flesh. And he rips the head clean off the body. 
as you see the blood begin to spill out. It is then Grizabeth's turn. Grizabeth is going to run up to the dead body and stab it through with a wooden stake in the heart. Go, ah, don't hurt my husband. And she leaves the stake in there, which brings us around to the miners. The miners are then going to approach the kind of freaking out previously uninjured one. Oh my God, critical fail as one of them hits his buddy and Ooh. they are now both out of commission as he takes a pick to the gut. He goes, oh, and he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He drags him off and both of them will now be tending to each other for the rest of this combat as Gary, it is your turn. Okay, gonna cast bonfire on the remaining vampire. Okay, she gets a 10. Yes, that'll work, that hits. So that's a nine. That's not too terribly bad as you light the bonfire underneath her. She goes <laughs> reacting to the fire. And you get the feeling that for some reason, stuff like the fire and, uh, and these spells that you're doing, while they might not deal more damage than the pick, are more effective than the pick, if that makes sense. Yeah. It is then her turn. She is going to try and claw at you. A 23 should hit, yes? Yeah. You're going to take six, or actually, you're not going to take any damage. She's going to grapple you and then uh, is going to try and bite you. Does a 22 hit? Yes. Okay. Uh, you are going to take four points of piercing damage as you feel the fangs puncture your neck. And then you are going to take another four points of necrotic damage. However, with that necrotic damage, as you feel your blood being drawn out of you, your hit point maximum is now reduced by four points. As it is then Silvio's turn, Silvio's gonna try and claw at her to pry her off of you. He misses with his first one and he hits with his second one. You see him deal nine points of damage as he claws at her neck, yanking her off of you. Yargen's turn. He is going to go with that triple whip again. First, he grabs her left hand, which is still holding on to you, yanks it off, and then whips up across the length of her body. And then as he goes for one final whip, like right at her eye, you see she just barely ducks out of the way and the whip just barely misses. It is Grizabeth's turn. Grizabeth is going to take aim with that crossbow. And Grizabeth shoots a stake that misses and almost hits the miners crouching in the corner. <laughs> it is then your turn again, Gary. I'll cast bonfire. Natural 20. So she leaps up out of the way. And with that, you see some of the wounds healing and closing. And as that happens, you then see her jump up onto the wall like a spider and begin crawling out of the mine. Mm-mm. And she's going to try and outrun you as she dashes 60 feet. Silvio is actually going to try burning hands one more time. She successfully dodges it as she's crawling over the wall. And you see this burst of flames come out from Silvio and singe the cavern walls. However, part of it still hits her, even with a failed saving throw. So she takes four points of damage. And she's looking in pretty bad shape, but maybe like 50% down, not necessarily death's door. It is then Jorgen. He's going to dash to get ahead of her. And then Grizabeth is going to fire again as she is still within range of that crossbow. Grizabeth hits. At a girl. Damn. And does a solid uh, six points of damage. <laughs> as you see a stake now like sticking out of the vampire's butt cheek. <laughs> as she begins crawling away. It is now your turn again, Gary. I'm also going to dash to get in front. I, I can move 80 feet. Yep. So you and Yargin are both effectively kind of blocking the entrance to the cavern. 
Seeing that, she is going to fly down at you to try and basically get you out of the way. Does an 18 hit you? No. Okay, she leaps down at you, begins clawing, and you're blocking them with your hand, just going, you know, stopping all of the scratches. She's going to scratch at you once again. Does a 23 hit you? Yes. Okay, she is actually going to grapple you and Yargan together were able to block the entrance, but now she has you down. She's going to try and inch her way up further out of the cavern. However, it is then Silvio's turn. He starts sweating. He's like, oh my goodness. All these burning hands. Ah. He's going to go ahead and try and get at her as well. Oh shit. Okay, he does. You see, as she's crawling away with you, some of her wounds begin to close up as you've seen. And then Silvio manages to start clawing at her feet, basically, and begin tearing them to shreds with his claws. Uh, and she begins to bleed out of them and is now back just in slightly better shape than she was before her turn. Then Yargin is going to try and bring this to an end. He says, okay, enough of the shit. Oof, he rolls one crit fail as he harms himself slightly. Uh, however, he lands two of those hits. He does a solid 16 points of damage as he whips. You hear the crack of the chain, first on your left ear, then on your right ear. And you see that uh, as she kind of tried to duck out of the way, he has now snapped her in the face twice. Uh, and one of the eyes is now bloody. As she is trying to desperately get away, Grizzabeth is taking aim with the crossbow, but she chickens out. She says, no, I don't want to hurt you, Gary. <laughs> And she withholds her fire and dashes. It is then your turn once again. Is it still holding on to me? Yes. Damn. So you may roll a strength contest to escape. Yeah, I'll do that. Ten. You are unable to escape. Carrying you, her speed is slowed down, but she works her way 20 feet away from the mouth of the cavern. Then I like to rage. Okay, roll 2d8. Nine. Nine, sweet. So that does a pretty nice chunk of damage to her. She goes, Aah! while this burst of fire comes out. However, it also manages to hit Grizz and Yargan as they are within the 30 feet. Damn. Yeah. Okay. However, then you see those wounds begin to close back up. As her turn comes, she wiggles with you out towards the mouth of the cave. Sylvia's going to run up since her speed has been reduced, having to carry your weight. And he's going to say, okay, not as effective, but this seems to work. And he is going to try and cast Hand of Radiance on her. She's going to take a constitution saving throw. She handily fails that. And as he grabs onto her foot, you see this like bright glow come out. And the foot kind of like burns up and withers as she takes an additional four points of damage. Yargin is fed up and he is gonna, he's gonna say, okay, someone do something new. <laughs> As he begins to spam his chain whip. Wow, he rolled three 17s in a row. Cool. And he says, you know what? Don't do anything new. I've got this. And he whips the chain three times again. <laughs> You see the rage building up as uh, he goes for that eye hole that he had previously burst. Poof! You like hear the chain enter the wet cavity. The <laughs> and then you hear it enter again. And she like spasms and lets you go almost as if the chain has touched her brain and caused like a weird reflex. And then with one wild whip over his head, you hear like that bull whip. And he cracks it down on the head, splitting the skull open. <laughs> And he throws the chain whip off to the side. 
And Grizzabeth, uh, who has dashed and is like basically right on top of you, now that you've peeled away from the vampire's grasp, she one-handed shoots a stake into her heart. Good grief, lads. That was annoying. Sorry about the friendly fire. No, it's all right. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to need to sleep this one off, right? Oh, oh, I'm a little squishier than you are. <sighs> Renfrey, Mandrop, did, uh, did any of them manage to escape? Uh, no, 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 Mr. Yorkin, sir. Uh, we, sorry, are you okay, Renfrey? Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. Okay, son, they didn't tell anyone what we've been doing here. That's the important thing. Good work, lads. We took them out uh, rather quickly. Right, if that gives you any indication what going up against a swarm of hundred of these would be like. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to go check on the end of the tunnel there. Um, oh. oh, right. They, they finished it. We're ready. I, I could get I figured. Yeah. According to our estimations, we should be right under the center chamber of the monastery. We have to blast to actually enter, but... Right. It's... it's there. Uh, I'm gonna need a couple guards watching this for the night. Right. And we should barricade it for the night as well. Agreed. What happened with Fred? So, uh... yeah. Ran into Fred. I, uh... poisoned him. And I think I killed him. But... Not until you drive that stake through their heart. I tried to, but, uh, when he died, his body turned into mist, and it's gonna go probably reform in his coffin somewhere. If you get to him while he's, he's still resting, assuming his resting place is in the monastery, then you should be able to eliminate him without much problem. Maybe we have to go now, then. Do you think that's wise, lad? It's the middle of the night. I mean... Plus, everyone's looking a little beat up. Perhaps we rest as little as possible. Head back in nice and fresh in the morning. Yeah, I guess so. He, um... He bit three, you know, he bit five students. Sucked them nearly dry. But he didn't finish them off? No. But he has to, to turn them into vampires. He has to bury them. And then they rise as thralls the next day. Maybe he just wanted to feed... Maybe he's, um, passing on some kind of virus. I don't know. Speaking of, uh, I, it's definitely tearing through a lot of long reach. Yeah, maybe he's uh, doing that. If we see some sick kids tomorrow, that uh, that's how you'll know. All right. Well, if all goes well tomorrow, whatever this is, we'll have, a, we'll have the monastery to help out. All right. Get some new guards, barricade the entrance at the monastery in this tunnel here and have them stay up all night because they're going to have to inform us if something happens. You got it, lot. Go get your affairs in order. We're going to move at dawn. The cloaks are ready? Aye. Barnabas finished them uh, early this morning. Okay. All right. See you in the morning. All right. You head off to bed and you see Calvin was already asleep, but he kind of wakes up as you guys enter and he goes... Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Uh, what? Hi. How was your day? Um, it was fine. Did you hear that they finished the tunnel? Yep. Gonna get ready to use it tomorrow. Can I go with you? I've been practicing my pinky. Sorry, Jim. I need you to stay here. 
protect Silas and Solera. But we've all been practicing. We all want to do a help. Well, you will help by helping out the people here in town that need you. Fine. And he rolls over. Like to go to sleep. <laughs> and I'll try to sleep too. Alright. Good night, Ray. Hey. Yeah. I'm real proud of you, baby. Well, stop it. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. I was just trying to help. It's real good. Do you want me to go with you tomorrow, sweetheart? I'm, I'm really worried. No, you're going to stay here with the kids. What if something happens to you? Something's already happened to me multiple times. Yeah, but like something permanent, you know? No, I don't what want if you something to happens hurt. to you? Calvin needs you. But he needs you too, sweetheart. He looks up to you so much. I hope you see that. Yeah. I'm gonna be fine, hon, okay? Everything's been going according to plan. Alright. You better be fine. I love you, Gary. I love you, Grisabeth. Get some rest. <laughs> and you sleep for the night. The next morning, you are awakened by a shaking on your chest. And you open your eyes to see Yargan shaking you awake. He says, Sorry to interrupt, lad. We've got to go. Let's do it. I'm ready. <coughs> you see he coughs and then wipes away his mouth and you see there's a little bit of blood on his hand. Son of a fucking bitch. I'm sorry, lad. And he looks at his hand and you see there are these like sores and boils on the skin. And he says, you were right. It's the Meyer Plague. We gotta see Gordy. Maybe he has something. Our best bet right now is that monastery. They've been fighting it for years. Whatever happened, I, I know it has something to do with, with what's going on in there. We decided to silence the alarms for the night as I was helping to keep watch. But there were definitely patrols in and out. They know something's going on here, but they don't know what. Especially since all those people they sent never went back. It's either now or never. What time is it? It's dawn. Maybe 4 or 5 a.m. Fucking hell. Yagen, you... That cough's gonna get you killed. We need to suppress it with something. Based on what I saw yesterday, everyone is going to be coughing like this. Alright, alright. Well, please, when we're in there, try not to. Uh, alright, lad. You sure Gordy has nothing for that? Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can get from him on the way, but we have to move. Alright, let's go see Barnabas about those cloaks. I'll meet you at the entrance when you're ready. Uh, just say goodbye before you go. And he exits the room. Is Grisbeth sleeping next to me? Yeah. I'm gonna wake her up. Uh, yeah, Gary, is it morning already? Yeah, babe. It's time for me to go. Okay. Please stay safe. If you need anything, write to me. I have the pad. I'll be looking at it I, any way we can help. Thank you, hon. I'm gonna go over to where Calvin is sleeping and kiss him on the forehead. He kind of like, without meaning to, like tosses in his sleep and like hugs you around the neck. <laughs> I gently put his arm back to him and I go to Grizabeth and I'm like, I love you, hon. I love you too, Ray. I'll see you soon, okay? See you soon. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mogbaugh, 
The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. Editing was done by Hannah Schooner and Giancarlo Herrera, with sound design by Giancarlo Herrera. If you want to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes, or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, and thanks for calling the arena. If you know your party's extension, you can dial it at any time. If your psychiatrist has gone missing, press 3. Press 3. That sounds ill-advised. Life is about choices, man. You and I both suffer from a very rare form of mental illness, right? Yep. Yep, that's us. I'm just saying, we're probably not the best private investigators, since we don't know what's real. The waitress at the Chinese restaurant, she told me that I needed to complete three trials to find Sadler. Okay, but how long have you been out of your meds? Three trials. The arena, the old factory, the inventor's basement. The inventor's basement. Exactly. Mama, I met someone today. You're not gonna believe this. Half spider, half human. You all have this disorder. We call it the imperfection. Okay, so we just got off the train at a stop called East River between East Broadway and York Street, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. We are not a cop show, Charlie. Uh, I know that, but we're friends, and I need my friends. How sure are you that these things are actually happening in real life? It seems like reality can be a little slippery. Charlie! Charlie! They're on my face! Amber, Amber, stop, 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 stop it, stop these it. fucking spiders, they are everywhere. Ah! The Imperfection, an audio drama in nine parts, produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.